Thanks, guys. Well, good evening. It is uh, it is good to see you, and I'm glad to be here. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Tony Bianco. I am the student minister. I'm the Mark at the Loop campus, um, and Mark invited me to come tonight as he couldn't be here, and I am honored to be here. I just want to let you guys know how incredibly awesome your student minister is. All right, you, some of you are just getting to know him for the first time because you, you're sixth graders and you're just now in here or you're new to the church, but he is one of the coolest guys I know, and I'm not just saying that because his wife's in here because she'll say the same thing, but she has to. She's married to him, all right? I'm not, so I can just tell you he's an awesome guy, and I hope that you make it a point to be at the all-nighter, okay? Let me just tell you, those types of events are what bring student ministries Together, And so I want to encourage you to make that a priority. Invite your friends, right? You're going to need to do things that you won't ever get to do any other time, like be inside main event, like when no one else is there and have the whole place to yourselves. Are you kidding me? That's awesome. And so invite friends, be a part of it. Do not miss it. So I asked Mark, I said, hey, I'm here tonight. What do you want me to talk about? And he said, whatever the Lord puts on your heart, but I'd love for you to talk about John 9. And I said, great, that's what the Lord has put on my heart. What a coincidence. And so tonight we're going to be in John 9. So if you have a Bible, I want you to turn or scroll or swipe to it, depending on what you have uh, here. And so if you do not have a Bible, that's okay. The verses are going to be on the screen. Absolutely not a problem. All right. But I do want to also encourage you, as I'm sure Mark does, to bring your Bible. All right. And if you don't have a Bible, I know that he would love to give you one for free. You see that? I'm spending his bunny. All right. So if you don't have a Bible, Mark will give you one. Okay. So we're going to be in John 9. And now he did tell me, though, that you guys have been looking at some different things, uh, some different moments in the New Testament, specifically with Jesus, of him doing some pretty incredible things. Is this right? Who was here last week? Right, and I know uh, I know Chris spoke last week, and so can anybody tell me what he spoke on? What was the story? What did we see? Yeah, you got it. Yeah, hand in the back. Go ahead. F- feeding the five thousand. Yeah, that's exactly right. What was like Chris's main like thing that we need to take away from that? Do you remember that far? We're gonna go another layer. You know, you're just like I know where we were. All right, that's good. Yeah. Uh, last week was 5,000, wasn't it? No? Oh, see, the order that he gave me was 5,000 was two. Okay. It was Jesus walked on water. All right. Did Peter walk on water too? Yeah. A little bit. It was a little sus, but he, he kind of did. Right? Okay. <laughs> Five-second rule? Does it count? I don't know. Uh, okay. So some impossible things. Feeding a 5,000. Walking on water. All right, tonight we are going to look, and if you've already got your Bible turned, we're going to look at how Jesus healed a blind man. And so here is the main point, the main idea. If you take notes, and I would encourage you to take notes anytime you are here at church, but if you are a note taker, if you're like, what should I write down? I'm going to tell you, if you don't write anything else down, write this down. All right, you ready? Here it is. Jesus can do impossible things with you. Jesus can do impossible things with you. And we're going to look at that. And that that can mean a lot of different things. And so that is what I want you to take home with tonight, all right? So when Mark comes next week and says, what did Tony talk about? What did he say about me? What did he teach in God's word? You can say that Jesus can do impossible things with you, 
Okay, so in John 9, we're going to look through verses 1 through 12 uh, as we kind of look through this. And so if you have your Bible, turn there for me, um, and we will, if not, you'll see it on the screens here. Uh, We're going to start reading here, verse 1. As he passed by, he saw a blind man from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We're going to stop right there. All right, so what do we have? The, the disciples and Jesus are going by, and they see this man who was born blind. All right, it's not a guy who had an accident that he could once see, and now he can't, but he was born blind. And though the disciples are looking at him and going, who sinned in his life? Was it him or was it his parents or how did this happen for him to be blind? And Jesus is quick to change their tune when it comes to that. But the first thing I want to draw your attention to is the first few words here. It says, as he passed by. All right, your Bible, if you have an NIV, uh, it may say as he was going, as he was going along. Um, This is important. Jesus had the time. Jesus had the margin. Jesus had the bandwidth in his life that he could stop in this moment. Like Jesus, Jesus had the time, all right? We often find ourselves with zero time for anyone else other than us or our schedule or our routine or anything, right? What ends up happening is that Jesus has that time. And so as he passed by, He was looking for opportunities. He had the time to show love and kindness. It was built in. He was available for it. If he wasn't, what's about to happen would not have happened. And so he has this. So my question to you is, is are you, one, looking for opportunities to show the love and kindness of Christ to the world around you? Do you even have time to do that? Or are you just too busy? Is your day already scheduled out? You know, you go to this, you got to go to this, and you go to this, and I'm going to do this, and then, oh, bed. And we'll do it all again tomorrow? Or is there time? Right? What does that look like? Do you have that margin? What does that look like? In verse 2, the disciples had asked him and said, Rabbi, who sinned this, this, his, this man or his parents that he was born blind? You see, the disciples thought that there was some sin in his parents or his life that caused his blindness. And Jesus is like, no. There's no, nothing to do with that. Are you kidding? No. Instead, in verse 3, Jesus answered, said, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. That he might be displayed in him. So wait, this guy is blind for a reason, though, is what Jesus is saying. Like, he's not saying, oh, it was just a complete accident. No. There's a reason. Jesus is going to use this struggle, this hardship in this man's life to show and to use him to show his glory and his power. And that's what he says. He says, listen, he goes, he goes this is, the works of God might be displayed in him. Now, I have a question for you. All right, I have a question. If you could be guaranteed that a hardship in your life would be used to show 
glory and to give glory and honor and power to Jesus, to others around you, through you, would that struggle be worth it? To know that the God of the universe is gonna take something that is a struggle or a trouble in your life and use it for his glory? Would that be worth it in the moment? To know the eternal impact of you having that minor trouble or struggle, and it could be anything, but that thing, would it be worth it? Is the love of Jesus worth it? And so this guy is, Jesus says, listen, this guy's got a blindness because we're going, God is gonna show himself through him. And so my question to you students is this, is, is there is there a struggle? Is there something in your life that Jesus is going to use for his glory? We're gonna look at that in just a minute. I'll tell you an example for me. Uh, I used to be terrified to speak in public terrified. I had to do speech in high school. I had to do speech in college. Like it was a requirement for my degree. And it was not something I was looking forward to. Like public speaking, not a thing. Don't want to do it. Absolutely not. Don't put me in front of people staring at me where I have to talk to them. Like, no, 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 no. Right? The very last thing I ever wanted to do. But God gave me a voice and I was able to overcome that fear. And now I literally public speak all the time, all the time. Like in God's sense of humor, when I was in college, I was a radio DJ. And I, like in the minute, like I was like, man, like I don't know if I can do this. But then when I was doing it, I'm all by myself. Like I'm in a room talking to myself. Like that's how radio works. You know this? Like there's not usually someone there with you. My shift was like, my first shift that I did was overnights, meaning that like I would get on the radio at like midnight and go to like 4.30, 5 o'clock, and then the morning DJs would come on, which that's like prime. Like if you've got a morning DJ, like those guys are like, that's where you want to be. And so I was overnights. And so do you think that I, I went into the radio station, you know, like midnight and sat down in the radio booth and sat down and then did all the things from midnight to 5 in the morning? No. That's not how radio works. <gasps> Magic is ruined. No, I would record it that day. I would go in and I'd sit in a, at a room all by myself with a microphone hanging on a wall and I would see the song that was finishing and I would know what song is coming up next and I would come to my spot and I would look and see if my, my manager had me talking about a, an event or an ad or something that was coming up and then I would look at it and I was like, oh, okay, I don't have anything. It's like... All right, that was Bon Jovi here on 100.5 WYMG. This is Tony Bianco. Hope you're having a great night. We're going to go ahead and go listen to some Queen. Bam, next song, right? And then I'm like in a room all by myself, and that's what I did. And then I'd go to the next one, and I'd go to the next one, right? And so I'm talking to myself, and in that, God gave me the confidence to not only be able to talk to a bunch of people, well, not at midnight, but a bunch of people eventually through the radio, to being able to do that in person. God did something. He changed something in me. He gave me these opportunities. And for his glory, I'm able to public speak. I'm able to have a microphone. I'm able to preach the good word that you have in front of you. And so what is it in your life that God can heal 
What is it in your life that God can heal or redeem for his glory? What could that look like? Let's move on. Verse four, four through seven says this. Jesus is saying, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, I'm sorry, that's verse five, verse four. We must work the works of him, just making sure the booth's good. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva, gross. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud. That's a nice way of saying he wiped this mud made from his spit on this dude's eyeballs. Um, and said to him, go, wash in the pool of Salem, which, is, which means scent. And so he went and washed and came back seeing. He came back seeing. All right, well, let's just quickly acknowledge the nasty and the, you know, the, just the idea that Jesus comes up to this guy and his guy, he sees this blind man. And this blind man, by the way, is not asking to be healed. Jesus takes it upon himself to do this. And so he comes up and he starts, he starts looking at the, he's talking to the disciples and he's like, listen, and he spits on the ground, right? Definitely gross. And then he starts like wiping up this dirt, turning it into mud. And then he's just like, the ugliest facial ever. We're gonna give you a little bit of a mud mask, but we're only putting it on your eye, guy. And he's like, all right, now go wash your eyes. It's like, that's kind of mean, right? If you think about it, it's like, I just rubbed dirt on it, right? And so he rubs it and he cakes it in there. And then he tells him to go wash his eyes out. And then he gets back and he's able to see. Jesus healed this man, healed him. Now, I know we read a lot of God's word and a lot of times we see what Jesus has done and we're like, oh, yeah, he feeds 5,000. Oh, yeah, he walks on water. Oh, yeah, he heals people. No, he heals people. That's incredible. Like, I think we just get desensitized to the fact that, like, this guy who was born blind blind his entire life, has never, ever, 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 ever seen. And Jesus rubs a little dirt on it, and he's good. By the way, that's why your dad tells you when you scrape your knee to rub dirt on it. Not really. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. It could, or, you know. But here's the thing. Jesus used this man's hardship, this struggle, in this guy's life, and he heals him. And now this man knows the power of Jesus. The disciples see another example of Jesus doing something that no man should be able to do. And because this guy was blind from birth, like there are gonna be a lot of people that are gonna be shocked when he's like, I didn't know you had red hair. And they'll be like, what? Because he can see it for the first time, right? These things we take for granted. Mike, I have a question for you. Have you ever, have you ever seen something so close to impossible before? Have you ever seen anything that you would be like, that is impossible, and then actually see it becoming possible? I will just tell you, 
the, the, the example that immediately comes to my mind uh, comes, goes all the way back to before many of you were born in 1980. We just got done with the Olympics, and so I was like, man, I got to find a good, good illustration for this. And so in 1980, the Olympics, all right, the U.S. hockey team is playing the Soviet Union in the semifinal game. They're playing to go to the championship. All right, now let me just tell you what the odds were, okay? Let me just tell you. For those of you that don't know, let me just tell you the odds. The Soviet team, four-time gold medalist. They had won the past four Olympics gold in, in, in hockey, 64, 68, 72, and 76. And here we are in 1980. They had zero losses for 12 years. For the last three years, they didn't lose a game. They were also grown men playing on this team. Full adults, full grown adults, been playing together forever. The U.S. team was made up of college players. The average age, 22. And to add, they actually lost to this same Soviet team three days before the Olympics started in an exhibition game, in a practice game. They had already lost. You know how bad they lost? They lost 10 to 3. Three days before. This was an impossible situation, an impossible scenario. And there is one minute left, and the U.S. are up four to three. Take a look. Bring it to Silk. Now Petrov controls. Back to Parlamar. Skating in on the left side. Into the American end. 55 seconds. But Mikhailov has the puck. Mikhailov sweeping in. Out in front. Backhander goes wide. And Nick Craigman got a just a piece of it. Mikhailov. Back out to Billy Legendov. 43 seconds remaining. Morrow. Check into the boards. It comes back to center ice. 38. 37 seconds left in the game. Petrov with it. The Americans on top. 4 to 3. Long shot. Craig able to get a piece of it to sweep it away. 28 seconds. The crowd going insane. Carlemont shooting it into the American end again. Morrow is back there. Now Johnson, 19 seconds. Johnson over to Ramsey. Big Alekhanov gets checked by Ramsey. McClanahan is there. The puck is still loose. 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to Schultz. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in One of the most famous in-game calls of all time. I don't know if you caught it there at the last second. He says, do you believe in miracles? And he answered his own question. He said, yes, because that was an impossible situation. All the odds against it, all the adults have like goosebumps after watching that. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, now I'm all jacked up, right? I'm ready to go. It was impossible. And they did it. And they did it. Now, here's the thing. As impossible as that was, as impossible as that was, healing a blind man is even more impossible than that, right? Because they could have had some bad food beforehand, and that Soviet team could have been playing terrible, and it could have been just a 10-3 the other way. 
Jesus healing a blind man. I'm just, I just want to pour that into your mind just for a second. Took this guy's ailment for the glory of God, changed it, tweaked it. And from this point on, this guy's story is different. This man's impossible situation in his life has suddenly fixed, repaired, reversed, completely changed. Absolutely. And students, in the same way, our lostness, our separation from Christ is as much of a impossible situation as this. Do you know that the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God? Every single person. Which means, let me just tell you, you already are at a disadvantage from the get-go. And then we start, you know, living our life and making choices. There is no possible way. It is absolutely impossible for you to have a right relationship, a fixed relationship with God the Father except through Jesus. Why? Because we all have something called sin. Anything we do, think, say, or don't do that does not follow God, that's sin. We all have it. We all do it, and therefore, it is an impossible situation for us to have a right relationship with God, but Jesus. But Jesus. It is because of Jesus and what he did on the cross that allows us an impossible situation. Our lostness is now able to be fixed, is now able to be repaired, is now able to help us and to allow us to have that right relationship with God. Why? Because of his sacrifice on the cross, because he is the son of God. And so this blind man's life is absolutely changed when he encounters Jesus's love and kindness, just like your life will completely change when you put your faith and trust in him because of Jesus's love and kindness and sacrifice on the cross. So what happens to this guy when he comes back and he's able to see? Verses eight through 12 say this. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, it is he. Others said, no, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to him, then how were your eyes opened? Verse 11, he answered, the man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to Solomon and wash so I went and washed and, there, and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. When Jesus comes into your life and Jesus changes and Jesus repairs your brokenness, there is going to be people that are skeptical. There are gonna be people who are skeptical or gonna doubt that your life has changed when something impossible is made possible, people will always doubt. People will always doubt. If, 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 if we go back to our hockey analogy, if you were not watching that game in the United States and somebody came up to you and said, did you hear? The United States beat the Soviets. Somebody, no, that's impossible. They just lost to them a week ago, 10 to 3. There is no way they just beat them to go into the championship round. 
No, no, no. That you're thinking of another year. You're thinking of another team. There's no way. I think you got it flip flopped. Actually, they would doubt. Saul and or Paul, which is the author of most of the New Testament, you know, that guy wasn't a really great guy for most of his life. You know, this, like, pretty bad guy. You know, it's like, okay. How do you think people received him after he had encountered Jesus? You ever think of that? Like, Paul's going to all these places that he's probably been to before, but, you know, when he was there before, he was throwing stones at Christians and people following Christ. Now he's, you know, trying to help and raise up the word of Jesus. Can you imagine some guy, he walks in and they're like, oh, hey, hey, you here to kill some more Christians? He's like, oh, no. I've had an encounter with Jesus. I am completely changed. And I, let me just tell you, Jesus loves you just as much as he loves me. And you know my sin. And, and I would love to tell you what he has done in my own life. People are like, what? No. Right? And he's doing this in town to town. It just had to have happened. Absolutely. There will always be people who are skeptical. So students, if you have put your faith in Jesus... He has done something impossible in you. It was impossible for you to have a right relationship, a a repaired relationship, a fixed relationship with God until Jesus. And so he has done an impossible work in you. Just as impossible as healing a blind man has happened to you. If you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, hey, you're a walking miracle. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the question is, though, is however, are you living and showing people that you have a relationship with Jesus in such a way that people would see the difference? You know, for a blind man who can see, that's pretty obvious, right? There's a visual change. But when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, there's not always a visible change. Sometimes there is. Sometimes there's not. So are you living in such a way that you're representing him or in showing people him that you are and you have been changed and that you are different? Are you going and and telling people, look, I went and had an encounter with Jesus and he washed me clean. And now I'm different. And people are like, isn't that the same guy who used to do this on the weekends? Yeah, I think so, but he's, he's different. Is that the same girl that used to talk about this or talk about that? Yeah, but she's different. She had an encounter with Jesus. And now her life is different. Students, this is where we We get to be a part of what Jesus is doing. Jesus can do impossible things with you, all right? He first did impossible things to you by redeeming you, and now here's the best part, is we get invited to be a part of the impossible things he's doing for others. You get to be on board with that. You get to help that. First and foremost, because your life changed, and you get to tell people about it, which might help change their impossible situation through Jesus. How cool is that? We get to be a part of some incredible things. Students, this is you living kingdom lives, lives with the kingdom of God in mind. You get to do that. Your testimony, just like the blind man, is a miracle. It's impossible, but for the glory of God, you get to share it. For me, I did not like going to church as a kid. When, if you were in, in seventh grade, that's about the time uh, of, of the time in my life that I got out of church. 
because I only thought church was behavior modification. Oh, you go to church to learn how to be a good person for society and for the world and to be, you know, a good person. And by seventh grade, I was like, I got it. I'm good. And I didn't want to go back. And my mom was foolish and said, okay. And so I stopped going. Until I was in high school, somebody invited me to a youth group, kind of like what we're doing tonight. And I heard somebody on a Super Bowl Sunday tell me their testimony, their story. And that's all a testimony is, is their story, their story of how they encountered Christ. Just like this blind man has a story of how he encountered Christ, we have that too. And he said that he realized, as reading through God's word, that the good in his life could not equal the amount of good that was required to have a relationship with God. And I'm like, wow, that sounds really familiar. That's pretty much what I think. And he says the only way that you can have a right relationship with God, because the good that you have is tainted by sin, you have to put your faith and trust and follow Jesus and allow his life to live through you, and then you can have that right relationship. I was like, I have got to do that. And from then on, freshman year of high school, that's my story. That's my testimony. He did something impossible in my life. Did I change immediately? No, because let me tell you, the good things I was doing, sure, I was a good person, but of course I was a sinner. Did those things change overnight? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. However, it's a, it was a process for me, and it's a process for you. And continuing to be here and being in God's word helps you understand that process to begin to look differently. And as you tell and share your testimony, you get to speak into people's impossible and show them what makes it possible, and that's Jesus. So who in your circle, in your school, in your community, do you need to see like this blind man? Who is it? There are going to be some people who are skeptical about Jesus and your relationship with Jesus. But who out there do you need to step in and show some kindness, show the love of Jesus, and in doing so be able to show and share what is possible through him? Students, Jesus can do impossible things with you. With you, for you, yes, and then with you, including you. So I wanna leave you with a few things. What's that thing that you'd say is impossible in your life that, that cannot be fixed? you need to give to Jesus to do. What is it? What is the thing in your life? We all have a thing or many things that we would say that only Jesus is going to fix. Only Jesus is going to redeem. What is that? Identify that and give that to him. Let me just tell you, Jesus is still in the business of making the impossible possible. All right? And so if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want to encourage you to come talk to me afterwards. I want you to come talk to one of your leaders. I want to encourage you to explore what a life following Christ looks like. You can hear this and you can, you can, you can brush it off and you can be skeptical too. Maybe that's your character in this story. Is you're one of the skeptics and that's okay. Because if you keep reading this man is brought before the Pharisees who are also skeptical and upset with Jesus for doing work on the Sabbath. You know, making mud pies apparently constitutes his work and the Pharisees have a problem with it. But many know who Jesus is and come to know Jesus because of this. And so if you don't have a relationship with him, I want you to come and have a conversation 
with one of the leaders or myself here tonight. And lastly is this, is who and where, for those of you that have a relationship with him, who and where do you need to share your testimony with? Who? Who do you need to share it with? You could be sitting next to somebody here tonight that does not know that you have a relationship with Jesus because you just never told him. You assume it because you see him here twice a week, maybe more, but that's it. Who do you need to share that with? Let me just tell you, you'll be surprised to hear the story and the testimony of how Jesus redeemed each and every one of us. And for some of you, it's not yet, but we're praying for that. Jesus can do impossible things with you. And I'm looking forward to seeing and hearing all of the incredible, impossible things that he accomplishes in and through each and every one of you. Let's pray. Father God, we love you and I thank you for tonight. God, I thank you that you make the impossible possible. God, you do incredible things. You still surprise, you still surprise me. And God, I pray that as we leave this place, we would know that we are invited in on your impossible work in the kingdom. God, that first you're gonna do an impossible thing and you wanna do an impossible thing in each of our lives. And you've already paid the cost because of Jesus on the cross, Lord. And I pray that we would see the impossible in our lives and know that Jesus is the one who can make it possible and our lives would be for him. Lord, I pray for these students that you give them boldness and courage as they step into their schools and communities, God, for them to share their testimony, to share and to walk in such a way that is different, that may cause people to be skeptical, but God, be able to see a light, to see a love and to see a joy that can only come from you, Lord. God, I thank you, God, just for this church, for this ministry, God, and all that you're doing, Lord. God, I thank you and love you and praise you in Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all, thank you so much for having me tonight. Thank you, I really appreciated you guys. I had a lot of fun losing to you in Smash Bros, but playing outside as well. Um, don't forget to sign up for the, for the, the all-nighter. Don't miss out. September 10th, you don't wanna miss out. Going to be incredible. Make sure we see you back here on Sunday. Don't leave anything behind. Love you, mean it. You're dismissed. <laughs>